Meet Bob Olson. Bob's the author of Answers About the Afterlife and the host of Afterlife TV. A private investigator who began investigating life after death in 1999, Bob now records his interviews with experts, authors, and people who've had extraordinary experiences so he can share it all with you. Enjoy the show. Hi everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. This is where we talk about life after death, the questions that are very meaningful for that subject that so many people have. Today's question is going to be about grief and belief, how understanding life after death can comfort our grief, and we're also going to talk about how it doesn't. Our guest is uh, an old friend of mine, uh, old in a couple different ways, but uh, always going to be a little older than me. Uh, we've known each other for 13 years. He's been uh, an integral part of my spiritual growth and investigation of the afterlife. His name is John Holland. Welcome, John. We're so happy to have you here today. Hi, Bob. Of course I'm here. Thank you for having me. And congratulations, too, on, on this site. What a, what a great idea. And you're reaching so many people and helping them in, in many ways with Afterlife TV. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. And, and we had so much fun. Um, Geez, after all this time, I, I uh, was on your show last, last month or something like that. We, we had such a great time, and I thought, right. this is perfect. We, we'll just reverse the roles here, and I'll start asking you the questions. Sure. Uh, I want everybody to know, John is the author of actually five books, one I don't have here, but uh, his first book is Born Knowing. Excellent book. Really, uh, the first book, uh, the first story about your beginnings, where, where it all started. Uh, another book here, Psychic Navigator. If you want to learn how to who, how to be psychic, get control of uh, get control of your psychic abilities, then Power of the Soul. Wow, I love that one. Isn't that great? This is a hardcover. Still have that one. And then the last one, the most recent one, Spirit Whisperer, which is which is so great and, and reminds me of a lot of things that I've written myself because you had a lot of different experiences. Absolutely, very, very personal book again kind of like this one where you shared so much right. about your life and your your experiences with like past life regression and other things. So uh, today we're going to talk about grief and, and belief. Um, and, you know, the work that you do, you're a medium, you know, you've been doing this. How long you've been doing this, John? Oh, God, I'm, two, I, I, I'm losing track. I just say over two decades now. Yeah, so yeah, okay. 20, All right. Over 20 years. Yeah, you kind of want to stop counting after a while. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, and, I, and I used to watch you when uh, 25 people were, were showing up. You did an event every Monday, the place uh, outside of Boston. Oh, Unicorn Bookstore in Arlington, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and now you got hundreds of thousands, you know, whatever it may be. Um, things have really changed. Your audience has grown and you've helped so many people doing what you do. Uh, I highly recommend anybody who's watching to go to one of John's events, uh, what I call or what is known in the field as a medium demonstration, and this is where John gets on stage. Usually he, he, you educate the people, sure. which is awesome. You educate them about what you do and, and, and how it works, and then you go on and start giving readings, random readings to people in the audience. Right. Yeah, it's, it's very cool to watch. It's a, a wonderful experience and a great way to learn about the afterlife. So, And I know people can go to your, your website to learn where you're going to be doing one of those events next, which is johnholland.com. So let's jump right in. Here's sure. the thing. That, and one of the things that I'm excited about having you here, John, is because, you know, so many people that visit Afterlife TV are, 
are grieving the loss of a loved one. And uh, a lot of people think... Or, going, or just about to grieve, too, Bob, too. Well, you know, that's right. You know, I, I remember one time I started to wonder if the work that I was doing had any effect. This was probably a decade ago. And, and then all of a sudden, people who had known me and had heard about my stories, like people that were close to me, sure. um, started losing people. They started losing people in their life. They, they had not had a significant loss yet. And all of a sudden, they started calling me and emailing me and saying, thank you so much because what I learned from the journey that you're going through uh, in, in these investigations of the afterlife has helped me with my current loss. Sure. And, and that's what this is all about. That's what this su subject is all about. But the, the interesting thing that you bring to this, because you've had a recent loss that we're going to talk about, is a lot of people wonder, you know, do mediums grieve? You know, because you can communicate with, with our loved ones in spirit. So we're going to talk about that. But why don't you tell us about your, your most recent loss? Um, uh, you know, someone who I also care very much about, Jenny. Tell us about that. Back in uh, May 5th, she, she was sick, Bob, about in June of June, I remember the day too, June 28th of 2010. She had uh, stage four emphysema and COPD, and she was in and out of the hospital. And she, um, I was usually the caretaker of the family um, and of her. So uh, that's when she got sick. And then one thing led to another from hospitals to ICU to moving her out of her house to. Um, assisted living, which she couldn't do. She, that lasted three months to go back into the hospital to have, a, and then one of her lungs collapsed, and then go, she went to um, a nursing home, although they call them long-term care facilities. Um, she, it was a great place. So May 15th is when she, she slipped away, uh, you know, from here. So it was uh, about, it's coming up on nine months, and you asked me, um, which I think it's beautiful that we're doing this interview, because a lot of people say, well, he's a medium. Um, so they think that I have less grief than somebody else. I, yes, I, I do link with the other side, but it's harder for me, Bob, because she's my mother. Do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. When I'm ready, I'll go to another medium, you yeah. know? So, but of course, um, I'm bereaved and I have my moments and, uh, you know, and I miss her, but I know she's okay. And, you know, what's good, Bob, too, and for anyone who's listening, when she was sick, I found out everything about her illness. So there was less anxiety. When the doctor said something, I knew exactly what they were talking about. And I had a year with her, Bob. She lasted a year, and she had a lot of good days. And where she was, she was up. She was bringing Tai Chi to the long-term care facility. She brought it in there. So I think what happened was she was doing so well, some of my family forgot that she was in end-of-life stages. Yeah. But, uh, so she had a lot, a lot of good days. And um, what made it good for me is I have no regrets. I had a year with her. So we talked about the afterlife. We talked about how she would go, what she wanted. So I have no regrets. But doesn't mean I don't miss her. And I'll have my grief attacks. And a grief attack is you're walking in a store, you see something she loves, and you just break down. Yeah. So do I grieve? Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and the grieving starts, like, long before the person actually goes. I mean, in your particular case and in so many other people's situations, um, you know they're, in this case, we'll just say that you know they're, they're elderly, you know that they're becoming sicker, and you can see it coming. In your particular case, there were many moments where even the doctors thought that she was five about... Five times, Bob. Five times, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that gets to you, but so it really, and it, and it causes you to start that grieving process long before they're gone, right? Oh, absolutely. And what happened, Bob, when I knew she was going and they had a wonderful social worker, he got all the pamphlets and, of course, doing this work, I've dealt with people that have lost people. 
um, I always get them after they go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this was this was very close to home. So they give you all these pamphlets and you know what to expect and the symptoms to watch for and you know after you know the signs that someone's coming to get them. You know, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. Yeah. But there was a great analogy. There's a great analogy that I read in this little little booklet. It had to be about just like five pages yeah. to get ready. And there's an analogy where if you know someone who is sick. And imagine you're holding a penny in your hand, and you're holding it so tight, you don't want to let it go, you don't want to let it go, but eventually your hand will get tired, and it'll, it'll fall out of your hand, or a wind will take the penny out, or you'll, it'll just fall off accidentally. And, or, it's almost when someone passes away, imagine that, that you're holding on, like they, they can't go. I accepted that she was going, so they say that, like a penny, let your hand open, let the penny just sit there, it's comfortable, so you're enjoying the penny while it's there. Do you understand? Yeah. So it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and my, my mom wasn't afraid before she was, but uh, we'll get into that too and who came to get her and the people that she saw before she passed. Yeah, yeah well, and so, yeah, and we definitely will. I, it was a great analogy, by the way, because that makes a lot of sense. And, and, and again, it's just, you know, about bringing us into the present moment and, and enjoying the people while, we're he while they're here. And, th and that's for anybody, even people who are not, you know, dying. And, and, and so that we're not always projecting into the future about Absolutely. what might happen. Yeah. So you got to take it a day at a time. In some t cases, it's a minute at a time when somebody, when somebody is ill. And what were some of the things that you went through? Now, you talk about some of these things that they gave you. Uh, first of all, were those helpful? And uh, aside from those things, were there any other things that you did to sort of help, help yourself and help her through this process? Well, absolutely. I made sure she went into a good place. And it's funny, when she was in assisted living for three months, um, we thought she would last there for a year, she could be independent, but that only lasted three months. But it gave me a chance to get a hold of her illness, to understand it. And then when she went into the long-term care facility, which was beautiful, okay, it was a, um, it was a beautiful home in Massachusetts, um, you know, a smaller place, I got to know the staff, Bob. That's yeah. very, very important. Know who's taking care of your, your loved one. Get to know them. And I didn't tell them who I was right away, okay? And no yeah. one recognized me, which is fine, because I'm there for my mother. And a lot of people say, well, did you, uh, when you walked into this long-term care place, did you see elderly people popping out of the rooms that were passed away and saying, help me, Where's, call my son, the will is in the drawer. <laughs> no, I, my, I was focused on my mom, but I got to know who the staff was. Um, I got to make sure she was comfortable in her room, and I read a lot, Bob, how to, uh, what to expect, because it's the closest passing I've ever had, and losing my mom, it just adds to me helping other people too, though. So mm. know the staff, know the illness, Bob, really. Yeah. If someone is passing from something, know the illness. That way you're not in the dark. I knew every med she was on, every, um, every, every, every medicine, uh, what was wrong if they said something. And also, there's plenty of support out there, Bob, too. If someone is a caretaker, yeah. um, know this. And some of the who are watching this right now, if you're a caretaker, what happens to you, you start to forget about yourself. Ah, Got to forget about yourself. That's right. And that, and the same thing happened to me. And I read all the books. And but yeah, I mean, I still had to do my mediumship and go to events. But I mean, I was physically, emotionally, mentally exhausted. Uh, you know. So remember, you got to take care of yourself and find a support group. Um, and the social workers at the place—they're wonderful. You don't have to go through this alone. Yeah. I have four other brothers and sisters that I got to talk to. But the the staff, knowing the illness, knowing the place, getting to know who works there—it all—it all helps. That's right. Uh, great advice there for sure. I, you know, it, you you sort of triggered some things in my head, like um, 
both as a medium and as a son, you did you go through these periods where you sort of felt a sense of responsibility and even maybe control, like you needed to try to control the situation, which I can only imagine would just give you a sense of anxiety and, you know... What was that like? Did you feel any sense of responsibility for her health? In other words, you had to be an advocate and watching over everything. And if so, how do you overcome that? And even with the perspective that you understand of that life is eternal and this, you know, this is a short stay that we have here, that sort of a thing. How do you deal with all these things that are going through your head? Well, first of all, I enjoyed uh, every day. I, I enjoyed being with her. And what happened was I moved her closer to me. So it was easy access. She was 20 minutes away. If she needed anything, I was there for her. But yes, I felt responsible because it's funny, Bob. When I was born, and I talk about this in, in uh, The Spirit Whisperer, me and my mom have a very special relationship. Um, I'm the different one in the family, you know, um, doing the work that I do. I, um, it seems like I've been a caretaker for my mom ever since I was born, actually. Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. that, that wasn't new. The responsibility, she always, looked up, she always looked up to me. I always made sure that she had... Um, you know, what she needed. and But of course, you know, a lot of our mothers and fathers, very stubborn people. Ma, are you eating right? You know, this and that. But the responsibility by, for you know, it was overwhelming. But mm. uh, it, she she did everything that I asked her to do, Bob. She was a trooper. You know what yeah. I mean? She didn't fight me really on anything. Wish I got her to eat a little better, but she, uh, she was a trooper. She followed along and she knew um, that I was responsible. I took the job of, of doing this. And, yeah. you know, it, it was fine. And my brothers and sisters accepted that, and they were there for me. But, yeah, it was, it was overwhelming. And, but, you know, Bob, I say, I, you know what the thing that got me? It, it wasn't the responsibility. I knew that it wasn't going to be forever. Mm -hmm. And she saw me every time the uh, hospital called and she went into the ICU and you're watching the, you know, and she would apologize to me. And I oh. said, Ma, please. I knew it wasn't going to be forever. Hmm. I, I knew it. She, I'm surprised she lasted a year, Bob. So hmm. I enjoyed every single time, that, every day that I had with her. And one good thing about me and my mom, she had a great sense of humor. Yeah, she did. A great yeah. sense of humor. And, <laughs> uh, and it's so funny. She's such a caring woman. She's in this long-term care facility. She was more concerned about her roommate than herself. You oh, know, yeah. she would call the nurses. So a loving woman, but uh, it, it's okay, Bob. It's, you know, between the help that I had and the research, yeah. you know, but like I said, you know, I miss her like hell. Yeah, of course you do. And you, you, you brought up a great point there. You know, I, I've seen this with, you know, so many uh, people. There always tends to be, if, if, there's, if there's a few siblings and there's a parent who's passing, there always seems to be one, one sibling who, you know, one of the children who sort of right. steps forth and takes control and, sure. and, and, and supports that parent. It tends to be more than the others. And... And, and I think this is just a very common thing that, I'll give you an example. When, when I'm worrying about something, my wife, Melissa, doesn't have to worry. So she doesn't worry. You know, when she's worrying, right. <laughs> then I don't have to worry. Yeah. You know, as long as somebody's right. worrying. And in this particular right. case, as long as somebody's taking care of mom, right, then some of the other siblings feel comfortable she's being taken care of. And what they maybe need to do, first of all, is recognize that, you can share in that, okay? I just think sure. it's important for siblings, anybody who's watching who, where that's happening, and they're the sibling who's sort of stepped back, and they're busy with Ask. their own children and their own life, right? Maybe they can think, maybe I can help out a bit. But also, because this is a point you, so you said, was, okay, maybe if you don't even, can't even help with that, 
maybe because they're across the country or something, you can be there for that sibling who's taken all that responsibility. And you can try to help that person because of the enormous amount that is on, on that person's shoulders. I think it was a great point you brought up. It's true. And you know what's funny is that, you know, I had my family there. If I was traveling, doing a gig or, you know, uh, on a book tour or whatever, I would call um, and make sure that my, one of my other siblings would visit her. And you know what's really great, though, Bob? What I found, you know, when somebody passes, and many people will find this, too, that who you expect to help sometimes doesn't, and the people who you don't expect do. I mean, these, yeah. some people stepped up to the plate that I was never expecting. I mean, when I, when I was here and I was going through it, too, and remember, I didn't have rose-colored glasses on. There were days that I was pretty messed up, and um, it's where I live on my street, and, you know, I'm a dog person. It was my dog people, my people that I walked the dogs with that made sure that I had food. Because yeah. once again, a caretaker forgets to take care of himself. They yeah. made sure that I was eating properly. They would make sure that someone else was walking my dog. They made sure there was food in my refrigerator. Yeah. So who would have thought that the people that I walked my dogs with and, and, that I, and friends like that are the ones that were looking out for me? Isn't that wonderful? And, yeah. and, and, and also important that you recognize or, or you know, people who are doing that recognize that you remember that. You know, it's been all, you know, almost a year. Soon it will be a year since her passing. Right. And you still remember that. And so those things don't go unnoticed. They really are appreciated. And so great, a great point to make. One of the things I want to talk about is, and I know some people do this, uh, and I know some people don't want to do it, uh, is you actually planned her ser services. Sure, with her. With her. Tell right. us what that was like. Well, she always said that um, we're from an uh, Italian-Irish Catholic family, you know, typical, uh, you know, and where they carry the casket down the church and the Ave Maria would be singing and everybody dressed in black. And my mom and I, um, we've, we discussed it. She always said that she wanted to be cremated. And, you know, and I told her that I, I would, you know, do her wishes. And she wanted to just be buried, the ashes to be buried with her parents and her other sister. And that's exactly what I did. Mm. And before she went too, I also told her that I would, uh, she, she, we took her to England. I took her to England, okay, me and a friend of mine. And she loved it so much. So I was just over there. I brought a little box of, uh, I bought a little box, put white roses on it because that's her favorite. And then um, we, we planted a white rose bush in England in my friend uh, Simon's yard for her. So wow. we even talked about that. We discussed what to do with her jewelry, what to, so it was, my mom had no, I had, my mom respected that I could talk to her about it where my, some of my other siblings couldn't do it or they were just, you know, to walk away because they couldn't deal with it. I had to deal with it, Bob. And, and a lot of that is what we're doing here, you know, on Afterlife TV, the work that you do. That's sort of the point is get people comfortable with this idea of death and the afterlife uh, so that they're able to do these sorts of things, you know, while we're all still living. And right. I just think it was a really important ritual, if nothing else, to go through that and, sure. and, and, and make sure that her wishes were acknowledged and, and so that she was able to plan the service that she wanted. Absolutely. I, I think it's a wonderful thing that you did there. And, I, and, uh, and, and it's something that certainly uh, Melissa and I have talked about so that, you know, we can do the same thing, you know, or even people ahead don't of talk time. about it. But you're right. Some, I'm glad you're talking about because people don't. It is going to happen. Yeah. You are a soul. You're going to go back home and you always will be. But people should talk about it before it's too late. A friend of mine, um, his parents are going through this now. And I try to tell him, uh, are you prepared? So, yes, you're never prepared, but you could have some things in, in, in line. So when it does happen, you're not scrambling. You know what I mean? So it, 
or worried. Like, well, yes. Well, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to cremate her or not cremate her. I don't exactly. know what she wanted. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's a horrible and situation to be in. Absolutely. So, you know, people don't want to talk about, you know, losing someone or even about you uh, losing, uh, about you even going. What happens when you lose a parent? You start questioning your own immortality, Bob. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I saw that. But uh, she, luckily, we discussed everything about her passing. And she did say this, though. Um, I got to give it to her every time I feel sad. This is a woman that came out of uh, ICU twice. Mm. We're watching all the levels go down and bless her. She pulled herself out to pass where she wanted, when she wanted. So it was, uh, it was incredible. That is incredible. Was she at all, was she ever fearful of death? I mean, I know, I mean, I've sat with her, you know, beside her during your events. She, she attended many of your events. She was fully aware of everything that was going on with you. Um, and, and yet I still, it's still possible that she had some fear about dying. Did, did she? Well, before she did, Bob, I think she was more fearful, worried about what's going to happen to her kids. I mean, you know, she, you know, every mother. Okay. But what happened was on June 28th, um, she lost consciousness and they had to put this machine on her, a BPAP to help get the bad carbon dioxide out of her system. And a week or two later, she said to me, Johnny, remember when I almost um, passed away or I almost died? I said, yeah, mom, because the doctor said she may, never, she may not wake up. Mm. She did, obviously. But she said during that time, Bob, um, I don't know why she didn't tell me right away, but remember, she was sick. She said to me that while she was there, she saw a light. Okay? She said that she saw a light, and me being a medium, I'm like, was somebody there? <laughs> was it a man or a woman? What were they wearing? What did they say? She said all she felt was a loving presence in the light, and she says ever since that, uh. She was she was okay. Plus me talking about it and being prepared, and we were, we were ready. We didn't know when it was going to happen. I mean, here's a woman that was doing tai chi in a chair. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when someone has COPD, which many of the people listening know, people you never know what's going to happen with COPD. So we were prepared, but she wasn't she wasn't afraid because we talked about it. And every time she went in the hospital, we thought this is it, this is it. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. Five times, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, that's tough. That's tough to to do. Um, all right. Well, t- tell us a little bit about, you know, people are aware of deathbed visions. You kind of refer yes. to it. Um, some people, when they're getting ready to pass, they'll see visions of loved ones in spirit welcoming them, that sort of a thing. And then there's also this, this is actually kind of new to me within the last year, this idea of shared, uh, shared oh, death experiences i think they call them shared death experiences where other people who are in the room people who are just there to support uh the one who is ready to pass um will have some kind of otherworldly experience themselves either they'll feel or see in their mind's eye the, the the loved ones in spirit welcoming them or not them personally the one who's dying or mm-hmm. Or they'll actually, I've heard of people actually following them along almost to like the doorway of the spirit right, world. imagine. You know, you had a sort of some, an experience like that, did you not? Right. Well, it's very strange. Uh, not really. I, I, you know, synchronistic events, everything happens. I don't, it's amazing how it all happened. Just really briefly, okay? Um, she was in the hospital. She came out, pulled herself out. I mean, this is the most we thought she was going, okay? She pulled herself out of the hospital, went home. When I left, it was a Thursday. I was with her eating fried chicken. She was sitting up laughing and having fried chicken. Her oxygen levels were back. Her blood pressure was back. And I said to her, "Um, Mom, I'm supposed to go to Canada, which is only like 90 minutes by flight from here. And 
the doctor came in. She was amazed. And my mom's talking about, when can I go to the beach? You know what I mean? When can I get out again? I'm like, Ma, can we, please, Ma, you just got here. Okay. So I said, Ma, should I go? And she said, go. And I'm like, I don't know, Ma, if I should go. And she said, go. And the, the nurse came in and I said, you know, on that Thursday, I was flying out the next day. She just waved at me and she said, just go. So I went, and then um, she started getting, uh, Friday, Saturday, she was okay. Then she was going, I got the call to come back. She was going downhill, and we knew that this was it. Because where she was, Bob, at the nursing home or the long-term care facility, they loved her so much. They weren't supposed to, she had a DNR, do not resuscitate. Yep. Twice, they loved this woman so much that they kept sending her to the hospital. And I kept saying, do not resuscitate. <laughs> you know, and she wanted that, so she had to go do that. Uh. So... Um, I get the call and to come back. But what's what's amazing? This one trip. Now David Kessler is a Hay House author. He worked with um, Elizabeth Kubler Ross. Okay, yeah. his yeah. book is Vision Trips in Crowded Rooms. It's about what the dead see before they pass away. So I'm having dinner with Brian Weiss. Okay, our buddy. And then I said there was an empty chair there, and I said, well. I, we made reservations, and I always I added one extra person because you never know if someone's going to join us. Well, who joins us but David Kessler? Awesome. This is the number one bereavement counselor in the world, okay? He's there when there are uh, tragedies in the world, and, you know, they fly him there. He's head of five palliative care. So he sits down. I start telling him about my mother, mm. and he gave me some great advice, and he said, John, when I walk into a room that someone's passing, nothing is wrong what's happening in that room, okay? He walks in there like it's a natural process. Nothing is wrong. So that was a great tip. Yeah, and yeah. he showed a video. And he gave me some great advice, and then I got the call about my mom. So what are the chances that I am sitting with the number one bereavement counselor hours before my mom passes? Oh, okay? Yeah. So she said, my mom said she always, she wasn't scared because my mom being mediumistic too. And, but um, my mom had a boyfriend that we never knew about that she almost married. So this came out like not too long ago. And she is the one that she, my, he was the one that was supposed my mom was supposed to marry. And I'm like, Ma, what about dad? I mean, she's separated from my dad and I'm divorced. Yeah, yeah. But he came to her um, in a soldier's uniform, and she said, "Guess who was here today?" And I'm thinking, um, I don't know, Mary, Dolly, one of our relatives. She said, "No, Wayne came to see me." I said, "Really?" And this was like two weeks before he passed away. I said, "What did he say?" She said, "He was sitting at the edge of my bed, and he just said, I'm just checking in on you." Now, a lot of people, Bob, with deathbed visions, okay? It's th what, what about David's book, Visions Tri Trips in Crowded Rooms? Doctors don't talk about it because they're not, they do what they do, but it's the nurses, hmm. the healthcare workers, the social workers, the hospital people. They're the ones that see people call out to someone. You may see someone, um, this has happened, you see them stretching and reaching, and you think that they're, you know, having a fit. They're actually reaching up for their loved one. Sometimes people will look off in the corner of the room and just stare. Sometimes they will actually see someone. But the people, um, a lot of uh, family members will say, oh, they're hallucinating. My mom wasn't on a hallucinogenic drugs, Bob, and a lot of people aren't. Yeah. So I yeah. really believe that those on the other side come to see you shortly before you go. I mean, me, they come to me too, but I'm a medium. They're supposed to come to me. Do you understand? Right. All right. But uh, she had that. And as a matter of fact, where we were at Brigham uh, at this place, um, in, I almost said the name, it's fine. That's uh, nice. In, yeah, in Massachusetts. She, um, the staff, I started to get to know me, and they said, well, this place is haunted. And I said, yeah, really? Oh, me, okay. And she says, what happens is before somebody passes, Sometimes they will hear children laughing. 
So I said to my mom jokingly, Ma, you hear the kids? Run, Ma. Run. Okay, you hear children run. They said that they are kids. And it used to be an old, uh, it's, an, it's an old manner. So maybe these kids, uh, before somebody passes, now, some of the nurses talked about it, and some of the nurses says, I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. Right, or right. sometimes they will smell cigar smoke also. So my mom, people were coming to, uh, to uh, visit my mom before she passed. And are you ready for the story of what happened when she passed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I get the call. And my brother, um, and it was weird. It was raining out in Canada, and, and the flight was late. And, but something happened. I was with another medium, and at the airport... And I wasn't pacing back and forth, get me on a helicopter. I was quite calm, Bob. I don't know if it was shock. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was just quite calm. And my brother's texting me, where are you now? Where are you now? Right up to the door of the place. So I get there. And my brother Joe, he was in tears. And he said, Johnny, tell her she can go um, because she's been waiting for you. Now, oh, she was already out of it, okay? So I have, he left the room. And I just said, Mara, I'm here. I wanted to let you know I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And... My other brother left the room. I wanted my time. And then they came back in the room. Yep. Yep. I still remember this, Bob. You know, we're, we're holding her. We're hugging her. We're stroking her hand and saying, Myra, it's okay to go. It's going to be okay. Because she was all about her kids. And yeah. I knew the only reason why she's staying here was for her kids. Um, so I'm blessed that she waited, Bob. Really she waited. Okay. And I said to her once, Ma, I don't think I'm going to be there when you pass away because I'm always traveling. She goes, you'll be there. And I'm like, I don't know. Sure enough, she's the psych. <laughs> she was right. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is, this is what happened. So we're looking at my mom on the bed. I've got my brother Joe to my right and my brother Danny to my left. And I'm just sitting there, and I wasn't looking for spirit people. I was just in the moment, mm -hmm. okay? Mom and my brothers and my two sisters um, already left. So just as I'm sitting there, Bob, now have you ever felt when someone stands behind you? Mm -hmm. I just feel it without looking. And many people know that. You could be in line and someone steps close and invading your space. Right. As soon as I'm looking at my mom, I felt my grandmother come into the room. I didn't see her. I didn't see a puff of smoke or, or her walk in and wave to me. I just felt her presence. Yeah. yeah. And then I felt my grandfather, then my then her sister, and then another relative. And I looked at my brother Joe. I said, "Joe, they're here for her." And I looked at him. He said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Joe, they're here to take her now. Tell her it's okay." So he started crying. He said, "No." And I got emotional. I'm getting emotional now. It's okay, Bob. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful experience. And then. I said, to her, I said to my brothers, put your hand on her chest, John, you know. So we followed her breathing, okay. And 90 minutes after I arrived there, I said, Joe, they're here to take her. And, you know, she, and just in, within that minute, her chest rose. And I said, they're here to take her now. And she left, Bob. Oh, my God. Beautiful, beautiful experience. But, I mean, I get emotional still. Yeah. But, uh, wow. It's, um, and I always will get emotional when I tell that story because I was blessed and now, granted, I wasn't expect. I didn't know what. I've never been right there when somebody passed away. So they really do come and get you. And I think my brothers also felt the presence. I mean, mm. I said to my brother Joe too, and I can joke about this too. I said, "God, was that good timing?" You know. And it was, <laughs> I'm like, I said they're here, but literally, I felt them, and and she just needed that release, and I felt them come in the room and get her, and she left beautifully, Bob. Oh my it, it was a sad experience, but a beautiful experience. Yeah, it sounds and, it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm emotional hearing it. This is the second time I've heard it, and, I, and I'm sure the people watching, it's hard to hold back the tears when you hear something like that. That's a beautiful experience, one that I, I'm sure a lot of people wish they had. Um, 
And but how nice to know that that's the way it happens. And right. And, and the interesting thing is you're a medium. Right. Um, but there are people who are not mediums who do have these right. experiences. Right. It's just. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You're yeah. going to feel. Um, and it's funny, too. When when she passed away, I didn't look right at her body anymore. I looked up and said, Golmar, it's OK. You know, yeah. what I mean, in case she was hovering and looking down. Yeah. And um, but there are experiences. And. But I, don't, I want people to, who are listening to this, too, if you're not there when somebody passed away, do not beat yourself up, okay? My mom waited for us, okay? It waited for me to get off that plane, you know, 90 seconds afterwards. Actually, it was like 100 minutes. She passed away, 90, uh, 90 to 100 minutes. But there's going to come times when you may not be there. Do not beat yourself up. Um, there are some parents that are going to wait till all the kids go to Dunkin' Donuts, and then decide to go. So don't. Yeah. The soul knows when it wants to. Don't beat yourself up. And a friend of mine, she was upset because her mother said she didn't want to pass alone. And the mother did pass alone. That was the mother's sole choice, not to put the family through it. So don't beat yourself up. And there are experiences. I didn't have a, um, I had the experience of feeling them come into the room to get her. But there are, you know, Raymond Moody's work too. Shared death experiences. Mm. You know, and where someone passes away and you go into the, uh, you follow them up and you feel yourself floating. And I, I read one story where, you know, she wasn't allowed to go anymore and she, and she came back. So that's new, this whole shared life uh, death experience. But yeah. it's, um, it's beautiful, but they do. And there's all kinds of signs too. If your loved one has seen someone who has passed away, mm-hmm. talk to them and say, well, what is daddy saying? Yeah. What is this one saying? What is this? It's, it may not be uh, the drugs. They're actually um, coming to get them. That's right. There's always people that have passed away, too, Bob, that come to get them. You know, they never see anyone who's alive. It's the people that have gone on before them. No, exactly. And, and you know, I, I do know that when, when people hear about these stories, uh, they, they, first of all, they wonder, you know, why, why didn't I have that experience? But so many people uh, have had the experience that you mentioned. They, they went sure. to the cafeteria in the hospital. They came back, and their loved one passed, and they don't understand why that happened. And there are so many reasons, you know. There are just so many reasons. So, you know, just a, a couple that you mentioned, and then, you know, there's the idea of, you know, for their own dignity. Some people just for their own dignity, you know. There's all sorts of things that happen physically when a body passes. Oh yeah. Maybe they just didn't want that you to be there when that happened, or their soul has reasons why that may be. Yeah. Or there might be somebody in in the room or among the family they just didn't feel as though they could handle that um, that loss in that way to see them, or they didn't want them that to be the last thing that they that person remembered. Sure. Right. Lots of reasons we can't really question that. Right. Right. And I I, I did enough reading. I knew the signs of when someone's going to pass, what the body does. So. Um, I don't care how much reading you do. I wasn't really prepared when I walked into that room, but I was. I mean, I just yeah. took control. Um, but yeah, I I recommend that people just just read a little of it. Yeah, yeah. read a little. That's it. Um, how would you say that uh, understanding the afterlife comforts people? Comfort pe- people's grief. Again, both with the work that you do and having gone through your own experience. How do you think understanding the afterlife helped with your grief in all sorts of different ways? Well, um, knowing that they're that they are okay helps some people. I've done many readings where, especially for parents, knowing that their kid does go on and they'll give validation that they're still around their life. Yeah. But knowing that there's an afterlife um, doesn't necessarily take away the the bereavement, especially for me too. And I'm a medium. Mm. Uh, I know she's okay. Okay, and when I'm when I'm when I'm at my saddest, I still give her the credit for pulling herself out of that. Her strength. 
uh, and she wouldn't want us to be sad, but I know that I'll see her again, Bob. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I've had three dreams of her already, okay? I've had dreams. My other sister's getting doves and lights blinking, and I'm like, I want the dove. I want the light. <laughs> but she has come to me. And of course, my mother's with the sister that really needs her. So <laughs> That's um, right. I've had dreams about my mom, and in those dreams, um, it's weird. I know she's passed away, and she still says to me in the dreams, I'm just resting. Mm. I'm just resting, okay? Uh, she doesn't look sick. She says, I'm just uh, resting. So knowing an out that there is an afterlife, yep. uh, I don't I don't believe it, Bob. I know it. Right. Right? So I know it, but it's, um, you know, it, it does help, and, you know, you do the work, and I haven't run to a medium yet myself, Bob, yet, you know? And yeah. people, first of all, I don't want to go to someone who knows me because once they see John Holland walks in the room, I don't want to, you know, yeah. so I may go when I feel when someone goes, why don't you go? It, I'll go when it's when I'm supposed to go. That's Bob. right. Yeah, you'll yeah. know it. You'll know it. Yeah. Um, and then just knowing not as a medium, but as any any one of us, any human being, knowing that we can communicate with them anytime we want. Um, I, I mean, anytime you've done these events. I, you always get messages for people. You always get messages for people in the audience. And uh, how would you describe the idea that our loved ones, you know, are around us? So if we want to talk to them, they're going to get that message. Understanding, yes, they're not just focusing on us all the time. Understanding, like with you, with all the siblings, right. Jenny is able to focus on every one of their lives and know what's going on with them. But anytime that someone wants to communicate with them in prayer, just speak out loud to them, write right. a letter to them, she's right. aware of that. Uh, how, how does that happen? How, what, what do you have to say about any of that? Well, people still, they're still probably wondering, John, you're a medium. Why don't you just dial your mother direct? Right. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm too close to it. Um, I, when, when I read for someone, I, I don't want to know anything about them. So when I feel uh, my mom, I can feel her. It's not like she's going to poof right in front of me, okay, with her Italian sauce. I wish. You know? <laughs> me too. But Yeah, me too. Give me those balls. <laughs> but she, uh, I'll feel her. And it's, it's really strange, Bob. Now when I do my group gatherings, like, you know, the, it opens up. I, I, it's weird. It's almost like I feel her in the background when I'm doing my work, okay? Yeah. But if I was to link with my mom, I have to make sure it's not my imagination. But for the people who want to link with someone on the side, what I say to do, Bob, and I write this in my books too, in Spirit Whisperer, take out the happy pictures of your loved one, mm -hmm. okay? The one where their eyes are bright. Because too many people that have lost someone, whether an accident, um, they're remembering, just like you said, how they look before they pass. They don't look like that anymore. Find the happiest pictures you have of them where their eyes, because you know, the eyes are the window to the soul. Look for those happy eyes. Put the picture there. Light a candle, you know, from a dollar store, and just be quiet, and just talk to them. Because I always say your loved ones are just a thought away. Keep talking to them in your mind because it's it's all telepathic, it's all mind thought. So just be in a nice place, and you may feel a warmth on your shoulder. You may feel a kiss. Yeah. You may get a blinking light. Um, you're lucky you get the dove. Okay, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? That's but right. What happens too, Bob? Those on the other side, they try to get our attention all the time, whether it's dreams, smells electricity, finding the pennies. But us as humans, we always mm. explain it away. Mm. We, even me, upstairs in my kitchen, where my uh, pencil's on in my phone, pencil started moving. And I said, oh, it must have been my hand going across the, you know, the air that, come on, it's not a typhoon hand. It's, um, <laughs> and I just said, oh my God, I'm, I'm explaining it away like most people do. And I said, I, all I did was I said, oh, right, thanks, Ma. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. say that? They're gonna be signs, and they're trying, they're trying to get your attention all the time. But 
I learned this from Suzanne Northrup, okay? She said once, those on the other side take their cues from you. If they know that your nerves are very sensitive still, very emotional, they're not going to come right away if it's going to get you upset. So you need to wait or when you are ready for a visitation or that feeling or the dream. You need to say to your loved one, I'm ready. Come any way you want. Don't demand the dub. Don't demand the knock. and Don't demand the radio going on. But they're going to come in their own way in their own time. No, yeah. that's that's great advice because I do know people like their 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 sister will have had a dream. They'll have the dream visitation where the love you know right. the parent will say comes to visit them in the dream, and the, and the other you know they're upset. Why why did it go to my sister and not me? Right. And, and that may be very well why right there just what you said you know. Well, if if say one sister is the stronger one, the mom will go to her the dad, and the other one emotional they won't. And sometimes if the parent or the loved one can't get to any family members, they're going to go to the neighbor mom. Yeah, Many yeah. people um, have had uh, messages from their neighbors saying, I dreamt of your dad last night, you know, or I dreamt of your mom or the guy at the store. Trust me, they know if they can't get to their family, they're like, oh, God, they're too nervous. I'm going to go to Joe next door. Okay, sure. he's okay. So they're gonna they're gonna do it. That's right. Yeah, and and skepticism plays a role too. Let's just talk about the limitations of of how understanding the afterlife um, really doesn't help with our grief. And and I, you 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 talked about some of them. Really, I mean, it's like the physical presence, right? I mean, we miss their physical presence. Absolutely. We can't we can't hug them, right? Um, their companionship. Obviously, you spend a lot sure. of time with your mom. You Absolutely. know, things you can't do anymore. Just that void that they leave in our life. Are there any other things that you've noticed uh, since she's she's been gone? That reasons that you're grieving, the the, the causes of it, that understanding the afterlife does not help. Um, I mean, it's great that I know that they go on, but like I said, I'll have a grief attack. Mm. Um, and as we get older, too. Um, I'm, I don't know about you, Bob, but as we get older, we're in the sandwich generation, okay? Anyone's in their 40s, 50s or something, we are taking care of our children, but watching our elderly ones grow, okay? I mean, uh, yeah. grow older, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're like, oh, my God, every, and some people, once again, who are watching this are saying, oh, my God, is everybody getting sick around me? It depends what age you're at, too, Bob. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but knowing that there's an afterlife, um, you know, it does help, but... There are times where I forget I'm a medium, Bob, and I'll hear a song on the radio, or um, I just spent some time with my aunt, uh, my mom's sister. Mm -hmm. So being with my aunt, she looks so much like my mother, um, brought up memories of my mom, and, I'm, and my aunt started crying in the car because my mom was her best friend. So once she gets emotional, I started getting emotional too. So even though I, I know there's an afterlife, yeah, you still get, you know, sometimes yeah. it, it does help me as a medium, yeah. uh, especially of all the evidence I've given over the years. But I'm still a man, Bob. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just a guy and I'm going to, you know, continue to miss her. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Even though we know that we'll see them again, we know that we're not going to see them again in this lifetime. And just that thought alone just, you know, you know, brings the tears to, to, to your eyes. You just want to hear their voice, Bob, too, one more time. But luckily, luckily, because of iPhones. Yes. Uh, I did a lot of recordings of my mother. Okay. Uh -huh. So I have her in the hospital. I have her when she was over here. I have her a voice. So, uh, you know, I've got that. And some people don't have that. Some people may have someone, um, they had their voice on an answer machine. They accidentally deleted it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's the voice that I want to hear. And, you know, me and my mom, I, I miss the joking, but I still talk to her in my mind, say, Ma, you there? Or, yeah. Ma, look at this. And yes, la last night it was a Patriots game. 
Yeah. My mom was a huge, huge. My brother Joe got her into a huge. And I tweeted, do you think they're watching from heaven or do you think they're watching from the other side? So <laughs> when my mom was, uh, when that game was on, I bet you my mom, you know, that's going to bring up memories for my brother Joe. They always watched yeah. the game together. Yeah, yeah. So what, did they, what did they do to honor that? He went over to his friend Michael's house and he lost his mom near, uh, near a Super Bowl. So they brought pictures of, the, of our moms and put them there so it's oh. almost like the mothers are watching uh watching the tv uh watching the game with them that's beautiful i love yeah. that i yeah. love that that's so nice let's talk a little bit before we wrap up about uh cemeteries about grave and burial sites yeah. you know i guess the message that i want to give people is that you know it's a great monument to honor our loved ones Absolutely. but they don't live there can you just expand upon that well, being Irish, Italian, Catholic, when, when my mom's family heard that she wouldn't even have a gravestone, um, she was okay with that. Um, she was like, don't waste the money. You know, I know I'm not there. But my Catholic relatives had an issue with it. They said, well, where are we supposed to go to see her? Mm. Well, it ain't not that, it's not there. But if I, I don't, I'm not putting that down. If you feel, I mean, uh, if you have that monument or your picture at the grave or that stone of your family member, that's fine. That could be your place yeah. for your special talk with them. Some people feel they need to go to a place. Mm. I don't, okay? Mm. Um, but I'm not putting, you know, graveyards down. It depends on the need, Bob. You know what I mean? It's, um, I stuck to what my mother wished. Yes. Okay, She did. And, you know, her ashes have been in different places. Um, she's in England. She's, uh, um, she's, uh, She's buried here. Uh, there's a few other places too. She's going to be scattered all over the ground, all over the world, probably. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially Foxwoods and uh, the casino where she used to go. To. That's <laughs> she right. loved that, and I think she'd be laughing on the other side. But I honor people that have um, um, a place to go, and mm. if you feel like that's what you want, and maybe your loved one want that, it's good to talk about it. Most people don't, and then it's too late. You yes. know what I mean? So have no regrets. Just talk to them, and, and hopefully. That loved one will be ready for for that conversation. That's right. And and again, uh, I'll just sort of reiterate: if the cemetery, the the gravestone, the gravesite is a, is a urn, it's, yep. it's a great place to go because it it, ta- it has us take our time out of our lives to go there and focus on that person, and it's wonderful and it's spiritual. But whether you want to go to church or you want to go to a tree, you know, or a park that you spent time together, in, whatever it may be. Yep. That's good, too, because that's not where they live. They'll follow you around wherever you want to go. And, and so if you want to take the time and think about them wherever, uh, they're going to be happy with that. Right, and I've never had anybody come through. I had people say, um, if a meeting was to come through and uh, my mom comes through and said, your mom said you, you, you did everything she wanted to, hmm. that's, you know, that's great. Yeah. But there's going to come times where you're going to think um, – the person was supposed to have a burial, but you, you decided a cremation. I've never, ever, in the 20 years, the two decades I'm doing this work, have I had anyone come through on the other side upset that you cremated them instead of buried them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Okay? I have people say, thank you for taking care of me. You, you followed my wishes. But they're not upset if you decide. You know what I mean? That's the overcoat. That's, they, they don't take that with them. That's not who they are. This is just a, a temporary housing for the real you, which is the soul. That's right. Yeah. Um. All right, just to wrap up, let's talk about some resources, you know, books, recommendations of websites, anything that 
you might have used to help with your own grieving or that you recommended to your family members or that you've recommended to your clients or audience members over the years? Anything that stands out to you? You mentioned uh, David Kessler's Kessler's books. Yeah, through Hay House, Vision Trips and Crowded Room. It's beautiful. It's the stories of what people see before they pass away. And it's from doctors, nurses, healthcare workers. So that's helpful. And that'll prepare you for when your relative starts um, seeing people on the other side. Um, Wherever your mom is sick, um, every book is different, but there's so many. Know the stages of bereavement, too, okay, mm-hmm. the five stages. Um, on my website, johnholland.com, under the links page, there's a whole bereavement section there that people can go to. Mm-hmm. But even even at hospitals or hospices or long-term care places, there's always little booklets. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I've got books that were this big on bereavement, you know, because I write about it, too. Yeah. Uh, but David's book and any pamphlets that the hospital gives you, I recommend. It doesn't have to be... Um, the, the, it, the small booklets that help you to be prepared because by being prepared, you're helping your loved one also. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then you, you triggered because of David, uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, of course, just, you know, Absolutely. she's not with us anymore, but boy, you know, one of the first books I ever read when I was investigating this field after my father passed and they, they were just really enormously helpful. And I know they have been for other people. Oh, David's website too, Bob. What it's the biggest to grief.com. Oh, jeez. Okay. Grief.com. He owns that, and it's a wonderful resource. Wonderful. We, can, we can remember that one, grief.com. Yep. Uh, you're at johnholland.com. What can people yep. find on your website? Uh, upcoming events, of course, right? I got upcoming events. I do small groups. I mean, I'm all over the United States, and, and I'm teaching, and I'm honored to do this work, Bob, and I'm still fascinated, too. And um, I'll say to people, when someone gets a good reading, yeah, I'm a good mailman. I can deliver a good message, but I got to put the faith and I mean and the I got to give kudos to the people on the other side they're the ones that are coming through so it's good to watch um, it's good to watch a medium yeah. and but I don't want someone who's watching Bob if you lose someone do not run to a medium right away I've had people come to me when I was doing privates that they just lost somebody two weeks ago and yeah. I said no 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 you're still this still if you think about it, they're still going to do the shock the denial the the five stages yeah. so Wait a while, because those on the other side, I really believe this, Bob, too. When somebody passes, they're getting used to the other side still. They're getting used to being back home. You know what I mean? Checking things out, saying hello. I say wait three months, okay? So you're in a better place. I had one woman come to see me, and she just wasn't there. It was too soon, you know? So I had to say, look, you're you're not ready. So um, my site offers a lot. Your site offers a lot, too. So just do the research, and it's okay to talk about it, guys, okay? Okay. and you may have a sibling that doesn't want to talk about it like I did. I didn't have that option, Bob. So try to get the support. Remember, even caretakers need, need uh, some love, too. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and just finally, then, Hay House Radio. You have a show on Hay House Radio? Hay House Radio every Monday. Uh, every Monday at 3 p.m. on the East Coast, 12 p.m. Um, on the West Coast. And a lot of people say, well, what station is it on? It's Internet Radio. It's totally free. <laughs> and next month, I've been doing the show for seven years. So plenty of guests. And bereavement counselors and you know up in you know brian weiss is going to be on next month too to wow. celebrate our event in boston so thank you bob and you know good luck with this site I, I just i see the numbers going up on your facebook so i know people are watching so thank you i and we're doing great you're the first person in the media that i've uh, talked to about the law so thank you well that's what i wanted i'll just end with that thank you for sharing and opening yourself up in such a generous way intimate way uh we haven't had a guest yet who has who has had the opportunity 
um, to do it. And I just think, wow, you know, just what a powerful story you have. I, I hope that it's going to come out in a book uh, in more detail in the, in the future. It will. And uh, I know that I appreciate it, and I know everybody else does. So thanks, John. You're welcome, Bob. Take care. I love you, man. Love you, man. All right. That's all for another fantastic Afterlife TV episode. Bob couldn't be happier. If you enjoyed this episode as much as Bob, please leave a comment on AfterlifeTV.com, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And don't forget to check out Bob's book, Answers About the Afterlife. Thanks for watching Afterlife TV.